This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. CliffCentral.com. This is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle and some really interesting people in the studio. Very, very cool for you all to be here. And Tamar is with us from Italy. Are you, Tamar? Yes, I'm trying to be. Okay, you don't have to yell. We're right here. (laughs) That's very, very cool. And we're waiting for a Janie. So, while we wait for a Janie, Robin, introduce yourself to everybody, please. This is your first time on Sex Talk. Hello. Oh, there we go. Let's put that on. Yes, there we go. No, but the... No, you're on. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm Robin. Yes. Uh, It is my first time on Sex Talk. I'm a stand-up comedian in South Africa. Yes. And it's great to be here. Very cool. Thank you so much for staying with us. No worries. So, we don't know what you know about sex, but we're going to find out. I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Amanda, tell everybody who you are. Hi, John T. Hi, Tamar. <laughs> um, we, well, I am Amanda, mm-hmm. and I'm here to learn a bit more and to ask some questions. Okay. So today's show came about because a couple of weeks ago, I walked in and Amanda and Janie and some of the other people who work here had some questions about sex. And we had a discussion and I thought it would be really interesting to do a show on what the Cliff Central presenters thought about sex, wanted to know about sex, were curious about sex. And then Robin just kind of got roped in, as people do. I guess if you're into that. So being roped in is not a bad thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So message us your questions. WhatsApp us on zero seven nine seven four eight two zero nine zero. We would love to hear them. What you have wondered about, what you are curious about. Who's making scratches? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. I'm not doing anything. I'm just listening. What did I do? Okay. Well, we don't know, but you'll get spanked for it anyway. <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you. Okay, so let us do this first and see if anybody has some smarts this morning. Ninja sex, chocolate starfish, Twitter bag, Today's dirty dictionary word is flip flop. Flip flop. Hmm. Dirty dictionary word. Flip flop. Any idea what a flip flop is, Robin? Hmm. Mm, I'm going to go with spanking with a shoe Spanking with a shoe Okay, you're kind of in the ballpark But that's about it Amanda? I was definitely going to say spanking But I mm. didn't think with a proper flip-flop um, Yeah, no, I'm not too sure Okay, so you're kind of in the ballpark But far from what we mm-hmm. actually are Tamar, any idea what a flip-flop is? Well, somebody that loses their shit And just flips 
and all of a sudden you discover a whole side you never knew they have. Okay, now you are so far off track. <laughs> Shame. You are so way off track. Okay, so this is going to be about questions and answers that some of our presenters have, which some of them have sent in anonymously. Okay. Which is oh. fine. So let's start with Amanda had some questions. Let's start with your list. Okay, well, so far I've got two. Nothing else has come to mind. Okay, which means you don't think too much about sex, maybe. <laughs> you, you could say that, Chanti. Um, <laughs> but my first question okay. is, yes. well, I'm asking for someone else. Yes, yes. We all um, have a friend, a brother, a sister, a yeah. cousin. No, this is serious, Chanti. Okay. So now, um, so you get the Mirena as a contraceptive. Yes. Does a contraceptive such as that um, lower your sex drive? No. I've heard that it releases hormones that increase your sex drive. Yeah, so no contraceptive. But the other one, the other UTI thing mm. can mess things up a bit. Yeah, so anything that's inside your body that's a foreign object can interfere with your body and with your natural cycles. There's no question of that. And if something is not um, fully comfortable, then it is going to impact on, on your sex drive. But essentially, it shouldn't have any impact okay. at all, because that's really the point, that it shouldn't interfere with anything. Okay. Okay, next. It's late, Robin. Go, I just want to think um, of the next one. I was one. completely unprepared for this. So if that's you no excuse. Okay. If you stand up on a stage, no. that is no excuse. Very true. All right. Right. Okay, so the worst thing yeah. that you can do in this place is not, is say, not say anything. anything. Okay, so I've got an idea. <laughs> so if you are, say, you take someone home, you've never really, you don't know them at mm -hmm. all. You just met them in the bar. You take them home. How do you tell them what you know you like? You tell them really hmm. plainly just and simply. Straight. This is what I like and this is what I would like you to do. Hmm. That's simple. Hmm. Okay, so that's actually quite fascinating because... What's come up this week a lot is with my clients in my practice and on some bigger forums, the idea of meaningful sex is a big thing. Everybody mm. wants to have meaningful sex. And I've heard this for years. I've been working in the field of conscious sexuality for almost 20 years. And for all that time, people are saying, we want to have meaningful sex. So you say, oh, yeah. yes, of course, absolutely, we want to have meaningful sex. And last week, for the first time, I actually, with a client, said, what does that mean? And that's where it gets kind of really interesting because what are we actually looking for? But part of that is having the kind of touch or the kind of experience, the actions, the techniques, the whatever it is that you would like to have. Do you think it's more important to have like an emotional connection to the person or a Stronger physical connection It makes no difference What makes a difference Is what you're looking for Okay And this is where It starts mm. to get into The meaningful So firstly The meaningful Is the meaning That we bring to something Okay So the mm. meaning Isn't there Like everybody's looking For meaning in life Yeah There's no meaning yeah. in life The meaning in life Is what you bring to your life What you create in your life That's where you find mm -hmm. meaning You create it It's not there by itself Yeah you can two, yeah. two people can have an experience, and for one, it can be an incredibly, be an incredibly moving, spiritual, deep experience, and for the other person, it can be that was nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The meaning is what we bring to things. Okay. So, 
Meaningful sex is when you are getting what it is that you want. So if meaningful sex for you is purely from the physical, and that's amazing, and that's the attraction, fantastic. And if you're looking for the emotional connection, then just as fantastic. The problem comes in when we don't know what we want. Yeah, and then yeah, or we also don't know how to express it. That's yeah. also a thing. If mm. you are holding yourself back, or you're not really feeling comfortable about yourself, you're conflicted. You're not comfortable mm. about your body, about what you want. It's starting to create paradox. Yeah. So, if you want something that's purely physical, then that's fantastic. If you want something that's emotional, just as fantastic. The problem comes when you're not clear. Okay. So what happens is we end up, and a lot of people do this. They want. Sex, or they want intimacy, they want love, they want sensuality. You can have them all, and you can have them all at once. But if we just want sensuality, if we want someone to hold us, to cuddle us, to touch us gently, that's not necessarily about sex sex. I'm sorry that this is putting you to sleep. Um, (laughs) We understand about comedians on Friday mornings. But if that's what you want, that's what you need to ask for. So yes. what so what very often happens is we use sex as a means to get that because we think that's how we're going to get there. So you will have sex with a guy in the hope that afterwards you will be held and cuddled. Okay. Instead of saying I would like you to hold and cuddle me. Yeah, so you rather you have an expectation that you haven't expressed. That's right. And then you get upset that what you thought would happen didn't happen, but you didn't ask for it. That's right. So you can't get upset mm. with that. Yeah. So, you know, it's the same thing. If you walk into a restaurant and you say, feed me, mm. you have no idea what's coming out of the kitchen. Yeah. It's like I like to go to Chinatown in Cyril Dean. And you look at some of the menus there, and one of them we looked at a while ago, one of the chef specials was duck blood in chili sauce. Now, mm, yummy. I'm a really adventurous eater. I'm not sure that I'm ready to eat duck's blood in chili yeah. sauce. But if I walk in and I say, feed me, maybe that's what's coming out of the kitchen. Yeah. But if I say, I would like a steak, and this is how I would like the steak cooked, and this is what I want with the steak, I have a chance of getting that. Okay. The problem is yeah. we've never learned how to do that with sex. Yes. We'll do it with food. We'll do it with clothes. We'll do it with... I don't know, you go to a movie Everything. and you choose. You'll have popcorn and uh, Kit Kat. Yeah. You won't just walk up to the counter and say, can I have sweets, please? Yeah, because mm. you need to be specific. That's right. Exactly. And sex is the part of life that we have never been taught to be that specific yeah. with. Part of it is because we don't always know what we want. Yeah. Do you also think that it's that sort of inbred from birth um, – Sex is bad, be a virgin until marriage, that kind of thing, depending on your culture, mm. but most mm. cultures are like that. It's more socialized. And then you get to a point where you're like, oh, it's okay to do this, but we've always been taught that it's not okay. So now how do we, you know, how yeah. do we find what we like? Yeah. So innately mm. in your body is pleasure. Yeah. So every child spends a lot of time with their hands and their pants because mm-hmm. it feels good. Yeah. It's not necessarily sexual. It's just comforting. Yeah. And it's good. And we tell our kids, don't do that. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's horrible. You're going to go blind. It's going to fall off. All sorts of things. Or other people will see this and try and take advantage of you. That's right. So that becomes more from socialization. So what happens then is we become separated from our genitals because we're told that's. No. That's right. Yeah. 
Then we have all these funny words for our genitals that have nothing to do with the rest of our body. Mm. It's like, this is always my nose. I might think it's big or it looks funny, but it's my nose. Mm. Your genitals are not. There's all these funny words. What was the word for genitals in your family? Private parts. Private parts. In your family when you were growing up? I'll just say private parts, PP. Okay. That's got nothing to do with the rest of you. Yeah. So we become further separated from that. Mm-hmm. Then as a woman, you gr- you're growing up as a girl. Mm-hmm. You start having periods. There might be some embarrassment about that. Did you get a lot of education about periods? I did, yeah. Okay, that's so fantastic. Prepared, yeah. Okay, did you? Again, yeah, well, I was a bit of a late bloomer, so we <coughs> got all the talks at school. But mm-hmm. again, more... At school discussions about this rather than at home discussions, because mm. again, it's like an awkward okay. so, thing to discuss. So you get all, you get some information. Some people get yeah. none. You guys were lucky that you got lots. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then, Lynette's had this big campaign. Yeah. Then what happens is there's all sorts of embarrassment about sex and about your genitals. Yeah. And boys at parties run around saying, smell my finger when they get lucky and all sorts Mm. of things like that. Then there's the mystery of your genitals. Because if I'm sitting between your legs, I get to see everything. You don't. Yeah, true. And then your pleasure becomes dependent on Mm. someone else. And then you also get self-conscious because you don't know what they're seeing. That's right. So then you're like, does it look okay? Is it the same as other people? Is it different? Yeah. Yeah. So that all happens. Then... It becomes my responsibility to make you come. Yeah. And then you're only a sexual being when you're having sex or in a relationship. And then there's this amazing paradox in our world where we've built this whole world on female sexuality that's used to advertise fucking everything. But if you go and express the fullness of your sexuality, then what are you? You get labeled. That's right. You're a slut. You're a hoe. Yeah. If I go have lots of sex, I'm a hero. Well, in your circles. Any <laughs> circle with a man. Yeah. But generally. Yeah, but I mean, if, if a girl comes up to you and is like, well, that guy, he sleeps around a lot, then you kind of, like some girls will put some be girls afraid off. Yeah. of yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So the whole thing is that we're not given a framework to explore our sexuality. Mm. And then there's all the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment because good girls don't do this. Yeah. So you have to find out what it is that you like. How do you do that? Firstly, you explore your own body. Yes, completely agree. Then with lovers, you actually do things that are about learning. Yeah. Let's try this and see what it's like. So we generally put an enormous judgment on sexual experiences. This is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong. Yeah. And that comes from way back in the past, from family, from religion, from so many different institutions. Instead, if you went into an experience and said, what could I learn from this? What could I get from it? What Mm. would it show me of myself, you of me? What would it expand? Yeah, rather than, okay... We want the end product rather than let's take it step by step and learn each time. Yes. And even if it is the end product, how do we get there? What worked? What didn't? Yeah. What feels really good? And that's okay. how we learn. So we need to be conscious of that. Fascinating. So think about it. You go on stage. You do something. Yeah. Something works. Something doesn't. Yeah. 
you learn from it. Exactly. Because if you do the same thing every time and it's not working, eventually you have to change something. nobody's going to come watch you. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. But we've put yes. sex in this totally separate little box that we don't learn from it in the rest yeah. of our lives. But then you also put it in movies where everyone's like, oh, everything's amazing. And you kind of go, well, you had to learn how to get there. Yes. But they don't say that. No. So in movies, we get what I've taken to calling the porn Disney complex. The porn complex is every man watches porn. So they think yeah. nipples are like the dials on a radio. Yeah. We're looking for the station. Every woman goes so to bed with high heels on because that you never see barefoot women in porn. Unless it's no. a foot fetish thing. <laughs> and no one's hot or sweating or That's anything. Exactly. Every woman has multiple orgasms from sheer pounding penetration. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it's uh-huh. fine to ejaculate all over her face, which burns like hell when it goes in your eyes, by the way. Thanks for the tip. Then, women watch Days of Our Lives <laughs> and all the chick flicks and read Cosmo, which, by the way... There was a study done on which magazines have the best and the worst sex advice. Who has the best sex? Who has the worst sex advice in the world? Cosmo. Cosmo. I was just going (laughs) to say because everyone thinks it's the best. Yeah, it's the worst. So, but I believe you can't actually follow those advices. No, but you just know. Yeah, everyone's different, and I think a lot of people who are new into having sex turn to those articles and Mm. stuff. Yeah. So. You watch all the chick flicks and you see this trail of clothes leading to the bed mm. and the curtains are blowing in the breeze and the beach and is the outside. That's it. Everybody had a simultaneous orgasm the night <laughs> before and nobody's breath is smelly and everybody's hair is perfect in the morning. Right. None of that's real. So Between the porn and that, none of it's real. So there's actually something very interesting in Norway that they did to stop young people watching porn. What they did was they got a whole lot of real couples to come and have sex on TV. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, real couples. But that's also a good idea because they have – because with your Disney porn complex, everything looks perfect and, like, everything's supposed to be perfect Mm. and amazing. But they don't show you that. So then when you're in the moment and you're feeling ugly and dirty and then you're like – this isn't how it's supposed to mm. be, so clearly something's wrong. And then you feel shitty about yourself. Yeah. So it's very much fascinating. Ha- real. Like real people yeah. with big bodies. So some were thin, some were fat, some Stretch were. Marks, that's it. Rolls. That's it. Some fickles. had embarrassing moments. Your body makes really weird noises. Your Sometimes noises. you fart during sex. <laughs> or here's another good sex word queef. You know what a queef is, Amanda? Yeah, I do. <laughs> What's a queef? It's like when you fart with your vagina. Okay, there you go. Oh, no. <laughs> the way that your face went. <laughs> Got to use the proper word, you know. And that's what happens. So, yeah. When you see real people, then it becomes quite an amazing thing. Yeah. That's really awesome. And my next question is yes. can, Are you able to tell that someone's good in bed By looking at them Without a doubt There's no question You can just look at somebody really? And you can tell like everything about them So let's take, take me Let's take a step back from this I walked in here this morning And Amanda offered me some biltong And I said no thank you And what did Amanda say? Are you a vegetarian? <laughs> so, Interesting Because I said no to biltong I'm a vegetarian 
And we had to have a little discussion as to how we made that leap. Yeah. So how did we make that leap? I'm still curious. Well, I said that I believe that like everyone likes Biltong. So if you say no thank you to Biltong, it's like something I must don't be wrong with you. Because everyone <laughs> loves it. But it's like, you know. I do like Biltong, but not quite then because I just had some donut. Uh, well, John T, no, that's still not good enough for me. Okay, so the same thing in terms of looking at somebody. You have no clue about the sexual skills or knowledge that they have. Interesting thing is the more noise somebody makes about how good they are at sex. Probably bad. Yes. Levinson, case in point. He never stops talking about what an amazing lover he is and all these amazing women that he gets. And I'm very curious about that. I love him dearly, but I'm really... Not even a little bit curious. (laughs) So, like, I think there's this gap here. Davey, are you around to answer for yourself and defend yourself? <laughs> He's gone. No. We have to get the woman in here. It's we have to find out. Exactly. That's exactly. right. So we'll get him back and we'll get him, call him on it one day. But that's the truth. It's like the same thing. Can you tell the size of, of a guy's cock from the size of his hands or the size of his feet? Apparently, yes. you can. Apparently, you can't. Oh, you can't? No. But you can, you know, judge the bulge in the pants. Ah, you think so? Unless they decide to get creative. (laughs) Ah, and with a sock or sock, cucumber, banana, (laughs) yeah. Very interesting thing. Are you still with us tomorrow? Oh, I think we lost. I'm right here. I'm right here. Okay, we're just wondering because you were very, very quiet there. No, I'm actually listening because it's fascinating to hear what. What we all think and how many different opinions there are and how many different experiences and it's, and you know, shame, poor Dave, he can't even defend himself. But, you know, from experience, I can tell you it's quite good. No, I'm kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> well, I don't know. For you this you, one, you, know, you know more about that than me. <laughs> yeah. So regarding the size, it, you know, it's, it can be proportional, but it's many times a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so the very interesting question that comes from that is, does size actually matter? What do you think? Yes, I don't think so. I think it's about what you can do with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I also think no. that. Uh-huh. I think okay. size can also scare people away. Yeah, so, or hurt more yeah. than... Well, that's the thing, because a lot of guys, their biggest fear is that it's never big enough. And it doesn't yeah, matter how big it is. As long as you can work If it. it's like halfway down my thighs, why can't it be down to my knees? Yeah. The fact that it would be useless is irrelevant. Exactly. But that's the thing is if guys go, oh, it's big, you know, mm. and you're kind of like, well, then I don't want to sit on you because it's going to hurt me. Yeah. But that's from the porn thing. That's yeah. from the world of porn. And that's where it gets really dangerous because we get all these myths about it. Yeah. And I have to tell you from being quite involved in various aspects of the world of sexuality for so long – Often, guys who think that they have really big cocks are actually really lazy lovers. Yeah, because they think they don't have to do anything. Do the work. That's it. And that's all they have to do. But what you said is absolutely right. Knowing what to do with it is much more important. And how do guys find out what to do with it? Well, hopefully, luckily, they learn some things along the way. Because when you can learn something really awesome, then it becomes amazing. Yeah, I've also heard that a lot of girls like older guys because they're more experienced in what to do. Generally, yeah. 
So not always, but if not a guy's always. willing to learn, yeah. then yes. I mean, 40-year-old virgin, different story. Yes. But generally, that's the truth because mm. also then an older man is a little bit more patient. Mm. So there's a wonderful idea that says that older men and younger women work well together. Red lasts longer. And the other way around because older women have more experience so they can, and a higher sex drive yeah. for younger men. And maybe younger men just also expect something different because they watch porn. They expect it to be just like that, I think. Yeah. That they expect, you know. Yeah. yeah. And how quickly can I get it in and pound away? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Instead of understanding, there's an incredible art to sex. Yeah. And we actually teach a workshop called The Art of Fucking because there's no other way to do it. To There's no other way to say it. The Art of Fucking. And that's really so what it's about. So eloquently put. Well, you know, so many of the other workshops we teach are around sex. Yeah. There's expanded orgasm. There's all the massage workshops. There oh. is um, the blowjob workshops and the oral sex workshops mm. and sensuality and all of those things. But there's nothing really about sex sex. Mm. So when I thought about it, I said, we're not going to use euphemisms. No. We're going to say, this is what it in. is. And that's a problem with sex. We use euphemisms. Yeah. They made because it's love. taboo. You're not allowed to talk about it. That's it. They made love. Mm. Yeah. Well, they might not have made love. They might they have had shared sex. a bed. Yes. Or they, or they slept, together. slept together. Did you sleep together, or did you have sex, or did you fuck? Yeah. And it's all fine. Just be honest about it. Yeah. So if you slept together, and that's, that's another fine. thing I noticed the other day is that people can also be very crude when they think something's going to happen. Mm. They'll be like, "Ooh, are you two going to get it?" And you know, and you like, mm. and they get childish, and mm. that in turn makes you shy. But there's nothing shy about it. Do it, don't do it, but don't mm. make somebody else feel shitty about mm. wanting to. Well, because they're jealous, because somebody else going to get it and they're not. Yeah, probably. And we do. We laugh at it because we're not comfortable with it within ourselves. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing because people will talk about taking drugs. They won't talk about sex. I mean, so. Unless they're not getting it, then they'll talk about it a lot. That's it. But it's a big thing. Like everything at the moment is about legalizing marijuana. Yeah. And legalizing cannabis and all the medical marijuana stuff that's coming out. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It's awesome. Sex is still in the cupboard. Yeah. It's still hidden away in the closet. it's still a private thing. So, like, it's between you and another person or several other people, depending what you're into. some people, it's not so private. But it's, I mean, you're not going to have sex on the street. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. Because we went to, we were at a gathering a while ago. It was out in the country somewhere. There were lots of people. It was a trance party. We went Mm. out on a Sunday. And there were a whole lot Like trans Or like trans Changing gender No Like trans Do 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 Clarifying Okay And there was a whole lot of people Sitting at a table And I walked up to them And said Would you guys take drugs in public And probably 90% at the table Said yes they would And I said Only at a place like that though Well maybe maybe not But the principle was They wouldn't have an issue Like doing it in public Like if dope was legal They wouldn't have an issue Sitting in Rosebank, smoking a joint for argument's sake. Yeah. yeah. And then I said, would you have sex in public? And only about 20% of them said yes, and the others just like shock horror. Yeah. I think a lot of people would, but I just don't think it would be fair to the people who don't want to, you know, 
experience what other yeah, people are doing. Yeah, and I think it also could be very psychologically damaging for children because you are equipped to do it from a young age. Mm-hmm. There should be an and area now, to do that. Like, if you, you know, make it okay. So like in every shopping center, there should be like a chill room where if you really felt the need, you could go do your thing. No, because I don't do think mean, no. it's the time. <laughs> the <shopping laughs> if you're stuck in Santa, shopping, there's a cucumber. If Let's go stuck, to use the yeah. room. <laughs> if you're stuck in Santa for three hours and like your kids are ice skating or whatever, and you've had coffee and you've had supper, and then what are you going to do for the next hour and a half? So for most people, that is very good for you, and it's healthy, and you should do it when you have yeah. a gap because there's not enough time in the day. And for so most then go people, go back in the car. Yeah. Well, then you have the security guard to deal with and the surveillance well, cameras in the car. if he's okay with it, then hmm. no problem. Surveillance he gets camera a half-time public. Public. <laughs> No. So have you ever had sex in a parking garage in the car? No. No. Have you, Robin? No. Have I'm you, quite Tamar? proud of myself not having sex in a car. Yes, crime. I have. Okay. Oh, wow. There you go. Well, sure. It's kind of like a thing of also being a teenager. And then you also say, fuck it. When you get older, you're like... Catch me if you can. Yeah. <laughs> things up. So I have a weird question. Yes. Is it, do you think that it's genetic what you like versus what your mom likes or what your dad likes, that kind of, or no. do you think it's completely, nobody knows what you're going to Nobody knows. And there's an interesting thing at the moment, and it's coming up quite a lot in my work, and it's fascinating because it's causing enormous conflict in people's lives. Who they are sexually and the life that they're living in terms of their religion, in terms of culture, mm. are at odds with each other. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and how they start bringing these into balance. Yeah. And there's no one answer for everybody. Mm. But your sexuality, you never know what it is that's going to trigger you, what it is that's going to interest you. And at some point, that changes as well. Yeah. You know, you see something, you read something, you hear something, and all of a sudden, oh, that wakes something up inside of you that was never there before. Yeah. And that gets so fascinating. I remember having discussions with friends of mine. They're very Christian couples, two couples, very Christian, used to have sex, and felt so guilty. And they had so many discussions about, is this a sin? Is this bad? Is it good? And the one, like, spewed off. Uh, we are married in the eyes of God now, so it's okay, but they weren't married. So it was still, you know, they still felt bad about themselves, mm. you know, and you're kind of like, but if we got away with that, we'd feel better about ourselves. Absolutely. And like, I felt judged because I would tell them, oh, I don't care. I'm sleeping with my boyfriend, mm. don't really care. And, you know, you feel judged and then you're kind of like, but you're doing the same thing. You're just denying it of yourself. Absolutely. So here's my take on that. Whatever name you call God by, that God wants you to have the most amazing sex and the most amazing <laughs> pleasure that you can John-T's have. John T's church. Because the simple truth is if you look at your body, you have literally millions of nerves that are all about pleasure. Yeah. So here's a question, Amanda. How many nerves are there in a clit? More or less. Oh, that's the wild guess. Maybe like, I don't know, millions. Millions. Okay, not quite. Robin, any idea? In, it's something like a couple thousand. Okay, so your clit alone. Now think about the head of your clit. Tiny yeah. little organ. Okay? has about 8,000 nerves. Wow. And the purpose of that is? 
Pleasure. Pleasure. It's the only Confetti. organ in your body devoted totally and solely to pleasure. Everything mm. else is multifunction. Mm. Okay. Then from your clit, there are these two really big nerve branches that come down that have literally, now we're getting into tens of thousands Biological. of nerves. Okay. And then you have this thing inside of you called the G-spot, which has these amazing nerve endings. And then you have something called the A-spot and the P-spot and the U-spot. And you have I didn't know there literally more. millions of nerves. And then this becomes like squared and cubed. And all of those are about pleasure. pleasure. If they weren't there, mm. you wouldn't be, you wouldn't, you weren't meant to have this kind of pleasure. Yeah. Full stop. So why do we biologically, why have we been set up like that? I'm just curious because I did biology. So I'm like, why would we need to feel pleasure? pleasure? Mm. For procreation or okay, just so pleasure and pleasure and procreation are very different. There's an interesting study that was done that said any idea of how many sex acts per fertilization in the human world? Any idea? On average. Pick On a average. Yeah. Probably a lot. A lot. What's a lot? I don't know. It's unlikely that you're just gonna bang once pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred, a hundred? Two hundred more, Amanda. I don't know. I don't even think you can guess. Well, people guess everything, and they have studies about it. No, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People no one would have numbers. the answer for that because okay. everyone's different. So yeah. it's more or less a thousand. Mm. Oh wow! More or a less thousand a thousand on average sex acts per fertilization. Does masturbation in count the world? into the sex act? That's an interesting one. I don't actually know. Probably not, because that would really up the number radically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. some people two, three times a day. Yeah. But if you look at the animal kingdom, it's a much lower number. So it gets really, really yeah. interesting. They don't have the pleasure centers. Well, they some of them do, and some animals, a few species, actually use sex in their society. They use it for conflict solving oh, wow. um, and all sorts of things. The point is that... We have suppressed our sexuality enormously. And I wrote something a couple of years ago. It was based on the idea that there's an accepted fact that we use about 10% of our brains. Interesting. That's kind of accepted. Yeah. Okay. Then really smart people come along and they use a little bit more of their brains. So I picked an arbitrary number that said, on average, we will allow ourselves 30% of the pleasure we can have. Hmm. And that's at a peak. Yeah. One thread. Second thread is our sexuality has been enormously suppressed, particularly female sexuality. I put the blame for that more than anything else on religion. Yes, yeah. definitely. Because you control female sexuality, you control everything. Yeah, agreed. So. Except for gay guys. Yes. But they live the dream. That's it. Some of them. Some of them, yeah. But essentially. The ones that are out there. The more pleasure that you can have, the more you free yourselves from these social structures. And a sexually free person becomes very hard to control. Yeah. Because you start stepping outside yeah. of a lot of these structures. Mm. So, very powerful sexuality is actually quite threatening in a way. Interesting. So now we, we're running societies by sexual frustration. Yeah. 
And the more wow. sexually frustrated people there are, the more people, the more easier it is to control that yeah. because that frustration feeds into so many other things. So it feeds into the way that you think your Different body should avenues. be, the way that you think your body should look. So imagine if every woman in the world accepted their bodies the way they are. How many industries would collapse oh, overnight? Down. So many. Health, food, cosmetics, clothing. Yeah. So there's a very interesting ad. Look for it. No, it's not an ad. It's a little documentary thing on YouTube. Look for it. It's called the Dove Real Beauty. I've I've watched that. So we know yeah. Dove got nailed recently for yeah. some other stuff. But what the story of context? The story of this is: you see a woman. She's pretty. Yeah. Wearing a sweatshirt and jeans, walking into a sound stage, mm. and her hair gets done, and you see this transformation begin, and the makeup gets done. And then there's this photo shoot and then there's photographer sitting with Photoshop mm. and you see this billboard on the side of the road of this absolutely beautiful goddess. Yeah. And you see how it happens. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's illusion. Yeah, completely. Um, do you think that sex should be scheduled or it should just happen? Ha, huh, that's a great question. I mean, you know you don't know how good a question that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know why it's such you have a, a great good, answer. <laughs> I do, but you know why it's such a good question? Because everybody thinks what? It shouldn't. That it should just happen. That it should yeah. all just be spontaneous. It be scheduled, yeah. Okay. okay. Here are the problems with that. The problems with that are busy lives, work, children, all sorts of other things, expectation, tired. So for a lot of people with the lives we have, half past 10 at night, you have time for sex. Yeah. You're tired. You're not really that interested in the sex. Yeah. One of you wants to have sex. The other one doesn't want to have sex. Robin falls asleep, which means you've either been having sex all night, you've either been trying to make people laugh all night. There are so many other options Drinking. in that. <laughs> Drinking. Watching series. Oh, what were you watching? Desperate Housewives. Yes, which season? The last season. That's good. Mm. I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of The Good Wife. Oh, I, don't I would know not watch. I would not watch Desperate Housewives. <laughs> good Wife was good. It was okay. We got lost. Scheduling. Yes. Schedule. The point of scheduling is then you've got a really good chance of it happening. Yeah. And you make time for it. That's it. And that's really important. Then learning a whole lot of stuff becomes important because then you're coming into the space to know what you're going to do. Okay. So the problem with a lot of people is they don't know what we're going to do. Mm. So what should we do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And then we end up doing what we always do. So the single biggest sexual problem in long-term relationships is? Not. Boredom. Trying new things, yeah. Yeah, we get bored because we do the mm. same things in the same way. Yeah. Either because it works or we think it works. It's what we know or it's our comfort zone. Yeah. And that's what we do. So as soon as you learn some more things, that becomes amazing. Yeah. So scheduling becomes really important. And then what's even more important often is taking the goal out of the equation. What does that mean? I'm not too sure. Tell me. What's the goal of sex? Orgasm. Yeah. Ha. That's our problem. Yeah. So we've made. We're trying to get to the point. 
rather than orgasm. enjoy. Mm. Rather than sex being, than the goal of the sex journey, being Rather than pleasure. peaking the mountain. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Very poetic. <laughs> but that's what it is. I'm sure it's Miley Cyrus lyrics or something. <laughs> oh God, that's so calm. bad as, as, who are we talking about? Britney Spears. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Love her. Oh, we can talk about that. And but then essentially, taking the goal out of the equation yeah, cause as makes soon it as, more enjoyable. Because then it's about pleasure and it's about intimacy and exploration and possibility and trying things, not just having orgasm. Mm. So mm-hmm. I gave a talk a while ago on exceptional sex, which, by the way, the whole workshop on exceptional sex is up on our YouTube channel, Eros Life SA. So go watch it. It's there for free. All, I don't know, 18 Yay. videos from the workshop mm-hmm. on exceptional sex. But one of the most important things is take the goal out of the equation. Stop being so focused on orgasms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoy the... I guess you gain intimacy and you try new things and... Yeah, orgasm becomes a trap. Yeah. yeah. Because firstly then it becomes about performance. Yeah. I have to perform. You have to perform. I have to make you come. You yeah. have to buy into that. And if I make you come once or twice or 20 times, then so I get to it's not as good because you're working for like you. But you've also going blocked your mind yeah. on something that That's it. you might not even reach because you're so focused on it that the rest of your body kind of loses the feeling because yeah, you're, you're focusing too much on something. You're that, not present. Yeah. So the feelings, the sensations, the emotions that are happening now, you just kind of scratch the surface of Yeah. instead of getting to that point because that's where you're thinking of getting. Yeah. So as soon as you can be present, you can really enjoy what's happening. And that's also a metaphor for life. There we go. So one of the big principles of conscious sexuality is that our sexuality impacts on every area of our lives and our life impacts on our sexuality. Interesting. So what you fear in your life generally is what you will fear sexually. What you allow yourself in life is what you will allow yourself sexually. What you think so you're no lacking. So no spiders in the bedroom but wine and chocolate's fine. Absolutely. Well, I'm not a <laughs> wine fan but the chocolate, yes. <laughs> And I'm sure there are people the chocolate. who get Ladies. turned on by spiders crawling on them. Oh. I have no doubt there's a fetish for that. I'm sure. I'm sure. And snakes and stuff. Like mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I wanted to ask, um, can a person be allergic to sperm? Yes. It's very rare, but it can happen. Jeez. I've heard these things. Also, biggest lie men tell, I'm allergic to latex. Oh, yes. No condoms. But, Liars, uh, but yeah, you can be allergic to, to sperm. Often it'll be more of a sensitivity than an allergy, but it can happen. In which case, you don't necessarily need to swallow. <laughs> so the, then they also take the goal out of the equation. Yeah. Ah, very smart. Very good. And do people use sex to feel needed? Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. So interesting thing about that is the reasons people have sex or don't have sex is fascinating. And there was a study done at, I think, all the top colleges in America, and Mm -hmm. they asked the reasons people have sex. And I think the researchers maybe thought they'd have about 20 different answers. It was over 200 reasons people have or don't have sex. So withholding sex becomes 
um, a tool. A tool. And using sex becomes a tool. So there's a yeah. great writer called Oscar Wilde who said something Heard interesting. Him, yeah. Everything in life is about sex except sex. Sex is about power. Yeah. So for a lot of people, sex becomes a way. Yeah, it's a manipulation tool. Yeah. And it's in our world, it's become very transactional. And that is why women are more powerful. Well, <laughs> I had a teacher who had a wonderful saying, power of the pussy rules the world. Right. <laughs> Problem is, most of the, I don't know how to say this without getting into trouble, so I'm just going to say it anyway. Because somebody's going to. I'm going to back you up, John. Okay, because somebody's going to get upset about this. The owner of the pussies don't know the power they have. That's That's true. true. I agree. There we go. Is that it? Is that it? (laughs) Oh, okay. And uh, there's no other way to do it. But if women, if more women knew the power that they had, not only sexually, but the power that comes from that, the power of the heart, of love, the power to transform our world, it would be a different place. That is so true. So, that's what it is. And then my next there question is... Actually, is oh, sorry, sorry just about that. There's a Greek um, play, Lysistrata, about the women actually preventing the war by both sides, an unnecessary war by both sides declaring they're not going to uh, give sex to their husbands and obviously the war falls off and nobody nobody goes to war because of that but more important than that if we would understand that sex is as much for us as for the other side that would be a whole different world yeah absolutely yes amanda how do couples um climb out of a sex rut that's a good question it's a very good question you learn you need, to, you need to learn. You need to learn different things to do and you need to start communicating. You need to talk about what it is that you want sexually, what you enjoy, what you would like to explore, what your fantasies are. And then you also need to talk about what you're not enjoying. So basically, you would only tell someone what you want if you're comfortable with them, right? So no. on a one-night stand, would you tell someone what you want? Of course. Because who is responsible for your pleasure? Me. You. So Mm. if you don't tell me what it is that you like, how do I know? So whether it's a one-night stand, whether it's a relationship, if you do not open your mouth, then how are you going to get the fulfillment that you want? Mm. So the thing about sex is this. We don't learn how to be good lovers. And that's not only the physical part of sex, not only the technique. It's not Mm. only about our bodies, about each other's bodies, where everything is, how you find it, what you do with it when you find it. Yeah, It's about communication. It's about intimacy. It's about all of that stuff. But we get out of a sex rut by learning. So the problem is we don't learn in the first place. So think about about you sit here every day, right? Mm. And you sit in front of your computer and you post things. You learn how to do that, right? Mm. And there's new stuff happening here at Cliff Central all the time, right? Mm. You learn. If you don't learn, at some point, somebody's going to say, thanks, Amanda, very much. Goodbye. Go home. Mm. Okay. The same thing. If you're doing the same thing all the time and you're not learning from it, you're not going to grow. Yeah, exactly. So other people who are doing the same work are going to grow. Yeah. And you're going to be doing what you do. Yeah. We don't learn about sex. We don't learn about the possibilities. Interesting. So we do what we do in this very small way. 
And our sex follows this really boring pattern for a lot of people. Yeah. We kiss. We touch. I lick you. You suck me. We have sex. And that's what we do. Yeah, that does sound pretty boring. Yeah. Is there such thing as too much sex? No. I mean, Alex might disagree. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Okay, so again, it depends what kind of sex. When you're face down in a in a porn house, (laughs) maybe that's too much. And and if you don't using a lot of lube, then you're definitely going to get friction burns and all sorts Mm -hmm. of oversensitivities. No question of that. Lovely. But essentially, why would there be such a thing as too Mm. much? That's like from this idea that you can't have too much of a good thing, and you can't have too much fun, and you can't have too much pleasure. Well, I mean. You need to earn money and live a life, right? So unless you're doing that while having sex, then... Yeah. So if too much sex is stopping you doing those things, yeah. then maybe... Then maybe figure out how to get paid for yeah. it. <laughs> and what would be too much sex? That would be an interesting thing. What mm, would be too much sex? Mm. Till it hurts. Maybe you enjoy the hurt. And maybe that feels really good too. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So no, I don't think you can have too so much. So WhatsApp sex. us on what you think is too much <laughs> sex. Oh, <laughs> uh, Steve, you stalker! What does Steve say today? Two beautiful girls in the studio, using sex kitten that silky voice of tomorrow on Skype. Awesome topic. Da 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 da. Thank you, Steve. We want to hear questions. Thanks, Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. Steve, I'm just curious. How do you know they're beautiful? I know. It's radio. I was thinking the it's same the thing. Steve. <laughs> it's all about the voice. Listen, when yes. somebody gives you a compliment, say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Still doesn't give you permission to slap my ass. No. Well, he's somewhere over there. <laughs> he's in the computer. <laughs> in the computer. It's the files the are in the computer. <laughs> 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 so, have you watched what's it called? Uh, cricket pig banana goat, or cricket pig banana chicken, or something? Can't no. have. Uh, you need to ask Levinson about this weird cartoon. So, I was sitting in the studio one day, and it was on the TV, and I asked him, "What the heck is this?" And he said, "Oh, he watches it all the time. I think it's cricket pig banana goat, or cricket pig banana chicken." Never I can't even of think of if it's Anyway, like you got to watch it. It's okay. really interesting. And I'm sure that the guys who wrote it were definitely substanced at the time. Well, there is a new show out that's got something to do with sex and hormones and all of that. And what's that? It's called Big Mouth on Netflix. It's yeah. these cartoons. Oh, um, well, it's do an animation. Big mouths? <laughs> no. It's an animation of these like 13-year-old boys and yeah. girls that are now like going through this change and oh, interesting. the hormone monster comes and then the hormone mistress comes and that's, that's like really, explains is it, it educational it can be and yeah. can also be a bit crazy i wouldn't okay. recommend it at 13 but maybe like well, 16 hormones are crazy times no so yeah. yeah it's quite cool i mean the one that's guy another makes question you is, pregnant and everything yeah that's a, a question also is how young do you educate somebody about this because Sometimes you get somebody who's like 10 years old who starts menstruating and going through that mm-hmm. change and they feel weird and they don't know what's happening, but you don't want to teach somebody too young about what you're supposed to do and then they try it and hurt themselves because they're not ready. Mm. So the current thinking is if you haven't had a discussion with your child by age eight, you need to do that. Okay, interesting. Eight. Yeah. Firstly, because bodies are changing at a much earlier rate in the world. 
second, second thing is the exposure of kids to sex and porn and mm, yeah. things is becoming so much more and so much earlier yeah. because of mobile social devices, because of social yeah. media, because of, of internet, things like that. Yeah. Um, and also because of the awareness of the amount of of abuse that's happening, the amount of child abuse, the amount of, of inappropriate sexuality that's happening that people, that kids need to know earlier. They need to know, you know, uh, to learn about boundaries of their bodies, of other people's bodies. That's really, really important. Yeah. So current thinking is by age eight, if you haven't, you need to do that. Yeah. But I also, because I but used also, to au pair in mm. America and I looked after a nine-year-old and 11-year-old. And they would talk about, but not like talk about it. They would say like the kind of jokes that I was saying at like 16, you know, and like acting like I knew what I was talking about. And they 11 and nine years old and they're watching how I met your mother and making references. And you're kind of like, do you know what you're talking about? Or are you pretending you know what you're talking about because you don't actually have a clue what's going on? Yeah. And that's where the education becomes yeah. important. And that's where sex education needs to be very different because we've made it very much about how not to get sex, how, mm. not, how not to how get to pregnant, avoid it, yeah. how to avoid STIs, how to say mm. no. And if we taught kids that, was, that sex was about pleasure, it would be a very different story because the context mm. would be very different. But what I also found nowadays is that like, you aren't having to give the talk. I don't know. Like, kids just find out. Figure it out. No. Like, my mom even said to me she's never like, really been no, like, the problem Amanda, is that this they, is what's up. Where they figure it out from. Which is from yeah. their friends, from South Park is not an education. That's it. So you need program. to have the talk because you need to give them the truth, and to say, well, you're just going to figure it out from what's out there. That's the problem because yeah. that's where so much myth and misinformation and everything else and comes porn in. Porn and Disney. Yeah, and mm. that becomes a big problem. So let's go back to flip flop. What does flip-flop mean? So a flip-flop is somebody who will be dominant and submissive, either in a particular play Ooh. or a scene or in a relationship. Interesting. So it's another word for a, for a switch. It would be a top and a bottom, mm. but could do it in a few different elements. Ways. Interesting. And while we are talking about that world, next week we are doing something fascinating. What happens when BDSM goes wrong? Ooh. Yeah, it's about time somebody Death? will talk about that. <laughs> a very serious topic. Yeah. Really interesting. So Steve actually did ask a question. Do girls have as much fantasy or more intense thoughts than guys? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Can I mm, can I add something, John T? I just if you, think if you can do it in we, one minute exactly. We, I don't know. It's I just <laughs> I just I, w I want to answer the cool the cool answer, but the reality that I think is that first of all we've suppressed that's for sure, and we have connected. I had an interesting discussion about the rescue fantasy. So we from very young age want to be rescued, and we actually give all our power away if it's fan sexually or if it's even what we fantasize. So we actually fantasize about being rescued and not about having fun and not mm -hmm. about being sexual, not about being powerful. That's another problem of the psyche of the whole thing. And then once you discover, I don't know, maybe the biological urge is being suppressed, but I think once you discover the potential of pleasure, you start actually having more and more fantasies because you're also allowed, you're not afraid 
once you're afraid, you also suppress your fantasies. Yeah, so. True. Thank you all so much. This has been really cool. I've really enjoyed really sharing with you. Robin, us. you yes. are invited to come back anytime you like. Thank you. Um, please visit www.eroslife.co.za. Um, what workshop? Oh, water massage this week, Tuesday night. Uh, water flow massage. Beautiful experience. The info is up on the website. Visit our YouTube channel. And I wish you all so much pleasure. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.